0: If you go in and do things you're going to learn from it and this is the point you want to learn from those things and if you can incorporate that you kind of move faster and the snowball is that metaphor because you start to move that snowball well it will start to grow and if you put these things together if it starts to grow you have an incline you have someone helping you it becomes, to to use the words of your company, unstoppable.
1: You're listening to the Authority Builder Podcast. I'm Steve Gordon. For the first five years, this podcast was known as the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. The episode you're about to hear uses that name, but don't worry, you're in the right place. Same great content, new name. Enjoy. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and I am super excited today We've got a return guest who has got a new book out. Uh, By the time you hear this, it will be out in the world. And it is a dynamite book. I know that because I've had the opportunity to work with him on putting it together. Uh, I think it's a book that's going to change the career path for an awful lot of people around the world who are successful but stuck and want to get beyond that. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today with my friend and guest, Michael Wenderoth. Uh, Michael, welcome. Great to see you again.
0: Great to see you, Steve. Pleasure to be here. Thank you.
1: Yeah. So let me give everybody just a little bit of background on you, and then you can sort of fill in the, the blanks. For those who who maybe didn't hear the earlier interview or haven't come across you online, you really have uh, made a niche for yourself around the way that we're going about handling ourselves inside organizations is sort of all wrong. We've got this modern notion that the authenticity and transparency and vulnerability are all the, the key things, but you've really discovered that power and politics are still the driving force in organizations. And you've been working with people in all kinds of companies from all kinds of backgrounds, men, women, all over the world, and helping them go from being sort of stuck hitting that ceiling in their career to looking at how the organization is structured and figuring out how they can ethically leverage power and politics without feeling like they're, you know, trying to to do something, you know, underhanded or unethical and use those tools to get ahead. And so I'm excited to talk about it today. I know you've got a book coming out soon um, in in, uh, April 2022 as we're recording this. But you've really been developing these ideas for a long time. You've published them in Harvard Business Review and uh, in Forbes, and you've done an awful lot of work at the Stanford Graduate School uh, for Business. And uh, And so these are really proven ideas. So I'm excited to dive into them today. So what did I miss? Is there anything we need to fill any, <laughs> fill everyone in on that, that we haven't covered?
0: That was an excellent summary, Steve. Um, I'm not going to add anything to it because it's crystal clear. Uh, we, we'll dive into certain topics in this talk, I'm sure.
1: All right. So the book is called Get Promoted, uh, What You're Really Missing at Work That's Holding You Back. And I, I think that's a perfect place to start uh, because I think in organizations of all size, and you and I have had this conversation, it doesn't really matter whether it's a three-person company or a 300,000-person company. The same dynamics are are kind of at play because of human nature. So what is it that we're missing? What What do you feel like most people are just blind to right now?
0: They're blind to the fact that politics is the way things get resolved. So, you know, anytime you're with other people, just like you said, you're you're interdependent. Presumably there's, you know, limited resources, there's decisions that need to be made to achieve a certain goal. And, you know, when that happens, you know, someone's personality, their ability to influence, how they're perceived, are they credible? These things are the way decisions are made. And so as soon as we say politics, people have this negative association with it for, for very good reasons. And as soon as we say build power and wield influence, people also have this very negative association um, because it has been abused in certain cases or maybe it's been used against them. So. This is the number one thing that's holding people back. Tapes we've been play, you know, been told, a lot of the leadership industry, which you talked about at the beginning, talks about authenticity, transparency, be positive, et cetera. And so people shy away from the things that research shows. And we know for those of us who have been in organizations for a long time, politics and power are the key things that you need as you get to that middle and upper level. That's what people are missing. And so when I work with them as a coach, it is confronting, well, what are your associations with that? How might you reframe it or experiment with it and to adopt new behaviors? And that's really the propelling force. So when when people lock into that and figure out how to use it in a way that still feels, you know, doesn't have to feel slimy, uh, that's effective, they, like we said, get ahead, or maybe they're not, you know, Destined or want to get to the C-suite, it makes them more effective, more impact in terms of their initiatives getting through, uh, making an impact in whatever way that they define that for themselves.
1: Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about some of those benefits. So it's not just about kind of ruthlessly climbing the corporate ladder. There are other benefits within the organization and for your your own you know career your own accomplishment. Talk a little bit about some of the things that your clients have been able to accomplish, just so folks can get a little bit of a picture of how you work with people to use these tools.
0: Yeah. So there's, the first ones are the obvious ones, you know, which is they, they do get promoted. (laughs) And, you know, with that, we can say that, sure your position doesn't give you more authority or power but in many cases it does you you control you know budgets or you have seats at the table where decisions are made uh, so there is the aspect of getting promoted and maybe you're not getting promoted but you suddenly get the outsized bonus or the the outsized raise um, and so those are some very material benefits i would say which also makes you feel good about yourself and um i'd say also gives you kind of more control (laughs) over certain things and that reduces stress when you can kind of set your schedule or things kind of move around your agenda versus always someone else's there's that aspect and then there's also this piece that we just talked about of being able to get things done and so a lot of people will have certain Things that they're very passionate about, whether it's an innovation in a company, a new way of doing things, certain policies that, that are better for the organization um, in general. And so the ability to kind of broker or make those things happen, you know, if you think about a hiring policy that's changed, that's you know, allowing for you know a wider set of people to come into the organization, that's huge. And that matters to a lot of people. So, so being able to do that, I think, is another big benefit. The other benefit here, which is overlooked, because here we're talking a lot about you, know, you and what you're going to gain, but this huge benefit of other people, say, on your team. And I think this is a huge part that people need to think about, is that if, if you're not rising or creating resources, the people you know, who work for you have nowhere to go. You know, they, they may be content there, but a lot of them are ambitious and, and they, you know, want to also get promoted the same things we were just talking about. Or, you know, you don't always have to be the the team that's like operating with nothing <laughs> on bare bones and always over delivering. So the fact if you're kind of lobbying or getting the resources, a bigger budget or more leeway for your team, that's going to help them. And so this is a, actually a huge way that propels a lot of people to, to understand why power and politics are important is because it's helping other people, probably their reports or in their organizations, or let's just kind of take this kind of a wider scope for, for your kids, right? Your kids seeing kind of you moving ahead or being getting things done or for other people like you. You know, maybe you're underrepresented in the leadership ranks uh, because of who you are or where you come from, et cetera, or you're an outsider. And so that's a huge example and a huge benefit uh, that also plays out here. So those are really the, the the key ones that people see when they start to make this shift.
1: So break down for us now the the process that that someone typically goes through to sort of make this shift? You know, we've, we've all been sort of taught to sing kumbaya for the last 20 years or so, uh, you know, inside companies. And, um, and so how do you shift them from that into actually understanding how to use these tools and, and, and go use them for, for good?
0: Yeah. So, so first of all, to be clear, it's people have to make the shift themselves. You know, as a coach or a trainer or a consultant, you know, you're you're limited in terms of you don't, you know, force someone to go where 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 they don't want to. They've got to kind of overcome that themselves. Um, but you're the facilitator. So I think of myself as a coach, as a partner, as a facilitator who's supporting them, right? What's their agenda, where they want to go, oftentimes illuminating things, but oftentimes with their permission and as as we kind of work together, is challenging them. Uh, so there's this big part around you know supporting, illuminating, and challenging the, the you know the specific process that most people will go through. And as soon as I you know say this power politics, you know, and the second part which we talked about is scan your own organization, look at most of the leaders out there, look at most of the people who are getting ahead or getting things done, and you'll see that the majority of them are very good at the power and politics game. Again, the evidence shows this. And so the first piece here, like, you know, that, that process people go through is this, is anger <laughs> and almost a denial. Um, that, you know, why are people like that getting ahead? They have these negative associations toward them and I'm not, and I'm doing all these things that I was told. Well, many of the things you've been told may have, you know, sound good, but they don't work in reality. So there is this large piece that, that may sit for a while. It, oftentimes it sits with people when they've been, Someone else has been promoted over them three times. That's when they start to come to me because there's a lot of anger, kind of, you know, frustration there. And this denial that it could possibly happen. But like you said, you kind of go through this. You go to gradual acceptance and then you start to say, well, how do I kind of move from there? And so it's in that kind of anger denial that we might start. And hopefully the book, which people read kind of walks them through that. And so they can kind of work through that themselves. And then, you know, if they need a coach or someone who's worked with a lot of people, I can kind of accelerate and and help them through things that might be specific to their situation. But the way the book is laid out, and again, this is the process that I've found working with people is around this framework of the rock, the map, and the snowball. So what are those? The rock is the hard truth which is get real you know get understand reality um the map is get strategic understand the lay of the land and the snowball is to get doing so you really need all three pieces of this you know in the framework and they move somewhat linearly but you're jumping back and forth and i'll just talk about them very briefly we may dive into two pieces here the rock you know getting real is to is to understand you know, accept a little bit of what is happening, and and perhaps be a little less judgmental, and to kind of be curious around. Well, politics and power do accelerate you, and these people are good at it; or are actually very skilled, but in in ways that you know you don't really see, and it is kind of the the propelling force. So, the the rock getting real looks at that. Also, you know, not everyone wants to read social science evidence but there's very good evidence which I would argue is much better than someone getting up on a podium and saying this is how I got to where I am most of the time you know they're they're rewriting history they're not really sharing that and, and to said look at like pretty good research right a B testing you know of you know different control groups um, and what's happened and and so I I do dedicate a chapter to that if people are interested in that. or If they're not, they can read kind of the takeaways of that. But I think that's important because you want to understand that there's some foundation behind what you're doing. And this is, I would say to a lot of listeners, is to say if you're not getting ahead, is to ask yourself if you continue to do the same things you're doing, under what logic is that going to propel you? So the foundation of my coaching And what I submit in this section around the rock is to look at some of the evidence and then to ask yourself, well, how might I adopt, if that's the evidence, some of that and fit that into my situation or context to kind of move ahead. So that's the first piece. The the part around the map, which is being strategic, and I use a quote from Abraham Lincoln, which is to say, yes, we all kind of see the destination of where we want to go, but if you're not really looking at the forest what might be barriers in the way what might be shortcuts you know you kind of got this pipe dream of where you're going so you want to be realistic and you want to be strategic and and look at the the map as to what's out there and how are other people doing it and being successful so this is a a kind of strategic look at things before you go plunge in and doing things and then the last part the snowball which is one that i know that both of us you know are very fond of because it's critical to any change is you need to do things you can sit in the first two parts of the book with the rock and the map and talk a good game and we're all guilty of this (laughs) you know myself at different points of my career and in the book of 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 thinking about it at a certain point you need to get it and do things and again if you think about hey there's evidence behind what i'm doing or i'm thinking about as an experiment or i'm not thinking of it you know as this is something I'm going to experiment and learn from. If you kind of have that growth mindset to, to use a perhaps an overused buzzword, but if you go in and do things, you're going to learn from it. And this is the point, you wanna learn from those things. And if you can incorporate that, you kind of move faster. And we see this all the time in innovation, how businesses operate. And the snowball is that metaphor because if you are putting things together, you're doing them nothing happens unless something moves right it's a law of physics so you start to move that snowball well it will start to grow and if you put these things together if it starts to grow you have an incline you have someone helping you it becomes to to use the words of your company unstoppable and you get momentum around it and this is the beautiful thing about power and so forth also is that as you get more of it it kind of grows exponentially um, and it makes things easier because of who you know and the networks, because of the way people perceive you. And so this is the the part around the snowball that kind of completes the framework. Uh, and again, I think it's, you need all three parts and you need to be thinking about it. And so I put that together to, to serve a lot of people, right? As you know, in the service business, I work deeply with a small amount of people and there's a lot of younger people. There's a lot of people who don't necessarily have the, you know, financial resources. The book then gives them kind of access to that framework, which applies, like you said at the beginning, I work with leaders all, all around the world and in different industries, different sizes, men, women, people of different backgrounds. So there's a lot of universal truth here, um, which I think is the, the key of what I'm trying to do helping helping people.
1: Yeah, really. I mean, it's what we're talking about is is understanding and capitalizing on built-in human nature. Yeah. So let's go back to this idea of the map. And, you know, when I first saw this, I was like, oh wow, this is, this clears up a lot. Like this brings such clarity to it. Um, I would love for you to describe the exercise a little bit that you take people through to, so that the listeners can understand Well, what, what is a power map? Why is it significant? How does it help?
0: Sure. Yeah. The, the, The map and the power map is is first this recognition that organizations are people. And and like we talked about is not everyone in the organization has the same amount of influence or power. And so it behooves you to really understand what the landscape looks like and to understand who you need on your side or who is there likely to oppose your idea um, who may be neutral and influence someone else in some way to help you get things done, whether that's you know, with your own career, getting initiatives done, um, et cetera. and 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 this is really, really critical, and most people don't do it. and And again, this comes a little bit from, one, the understanding of organization's work, but also have a background in sales. And if you know you particularly if you're doing business to business sales, you need to understand in complex organizations who's making decisions. Otherwise you waste a huge amount of time. And in a sales context, if you're putting a, a sales rep out in the field, I mean, this could be thousands of dollars a day. And so companies and, and sales organizations are very clear on, you know, as you kind of advance, you need to think about, have you identified the decision maker? Do you know what matters to them? Who influences them? Who's likely to block you? Who are your allies inside? And so this is really critical to achieving that sale. And we're not talking about one-off, right? If you want to have a long-term relationship with a company, you've got to understand, you know, you can't just do things that here we're going to do it and then I'm going to walk off. So the same idea, if you turn this inside, and ironically, I've had sales reps who have, you know, salespeople who have been my clients and they are amazing at doing this. their companies and to sell their products or services but they've never thought about doing it kind of inside in their organizations um so walking through people through this and that's i mean the very simple way the, the book looks at this in much more detail but identify who are people who will if you could choose one or two people who would help you advance who are they they may be up in the organization they may be in different places what are the things that drive them you know what's in their self-interest, whether it's a business need related to kind of personal needs, ego is very important, who influences them. And then you start to get literally a map. I tell people to hand draw it, and I try to be fancy with Excel and, and stuff, which I think limits you. At this, the, the, the nature of putting that down will start to give clarity as to where you need to focus. And we live in a world, Steve, of probabilities. Okay. There is no silver bullet. It says, you know, absolutely hundred percent. And so, you know, need to assess probabilities. And so, you know, maybe your probability because of your department's small, this doesn't matter to people of rising is low. So accept that. And I have that other section kind of after the power map where we, you know, look at the probability equation, what the organization is promoting, et cetera. Those need to figure in too. This is all part of the map being strategic because once you've got that, then, okay, the actions I take, you're already setting yourself up for success because it's got a higher probability of moving the needle. And some of this is, is, is engaging those people, which most people might just shy away from, think they've got to work through like eight people to get to that individual when it might be being bold, you know, to, to, to talk to those people. It may be bringing a new idea forward that that person cares about. So So these are things that people should be thinking about more if they want to advance their career or they want to get things done.
1: So I know you've had clients that have had a ton of success. I'd, I'd love if you could share a story or two about how somebody maybe has gone through that exercise. They got kind of an insight about what they needed to do, who they needed to connect with. And then they, they use that to move forward. So tell us a little bit about, you know, some success that somebody's had.
0: Yeah, I, and I will give one recently he also has has endorsed the book um actually it was was it was uh, was up yesterday um but so this executive, exactly well, I'll, I'll still kind of mask it a little bit here uh as an executive who works in a multinational he's out in one of the regions of the world and very passionate around growing the business but also doing things that fix the supply chain are innovative that also help society and also kind of the larger you know a, economy, climate change, and so forth. And so some of the things that he did, because he was in a matrixed organization, was to running into kind of ceilings with those kind of working right above him because they were incentivized on something else, right? Just hit the numbers, the quarterly numbers, the kind of public company thing. And so part of this was understanding, well, who might also care about this in the power structure? And, and again, we have a multi-pronged approach here. And so looking at that, there were some you know top people, uh, you know, back in the headquarters. And some of them he had relationships with, some of them he didn't. Bringing that kind of idea to them through conversation, understanding kind of what their incentives might be. Um, like the CFO, you know, says, this is clearly not gonna work on the current metrics, but if we shifted the metrics in some way, it, it would. And so one was identifying those people and who influenced them. Uh, the second piece, too, was was understanding there's all these, you know, assets you can potentially have in a company. People are not always motivated or respond to kind of data. Maybe sometimes it's a story, right? Climate change is trending. And so one of the things that he did also was, you know, the marketing department, PR department <laughs> inside was, was very effective also at sharing new things. And that would kind of spread and, and in a kind of story visual form so they found his idea very compelling and they started to kind of you know spread this he was also doing work you know executive education at a prominent university so this you know invoking some of the thought leaders there heavily influenced the top um and then the third too he was he was doing some things outside that were all within the bounds of the company right speaking at certain places you know he became an honorary uh, member of the The embassy uh, in the country that he was based. And so those things also kind of rose, think tanks and so forth outside were starting to say, this guy's got a very interesting idea. So if you combine all those things, you know, people who are in influence and power within the company have resources or can shift things, the way you kind of tell or influence, and then also kind of having, you know, an outside reputation. You know, these three things, and there's and there's more, but those three things really kind of propelled the initiative, which got resources allocated, got people behind him, reshifted some of the kind of metrics, which didn't put his, you know, bosses at jeopardy. And, you know, those things have really kind of, you know, he's had a very compelling story in terms of raising huge bonds, in terms of, you know, that support this and transforming, and this is in the the cocoa industry, right? and chocolate industry, um, been really transformative. And he thinks of it as, you know, for himself, there is that aspect, but for the whole team that he's working with in Southeast Asia, the larger companies benefiting, and then this idea is going to spread, right? And a good idea, other companies and other industries will follow as well. So, um, I think that's, I love that story because it hits all these different levels and, uh, yeah this is also not to say it can't happen at any time you know he's got folks on his team who are in his 20s i won't say his age but he's you know he's very senior in the organization and so uh, transformative in, in all these dimensions
1: that's fantastic so once somebody's gone through and, and kind of analyzed the the lay of the land and they've they've kind of created the power map they've looked at their probabilities they've got to get into action right? So what was maybe one of the first little actions? Because I know you're a big proponent of start small, do something. Yeah. In fact, in yeah. the book, you've got an exercise for that people can do right there, like put the book down, go do it, you know, take a half an hour, go do it, come back. And so you're you really want to get people in motion. What was one of the first things that he did to kind of get that snowball rolling?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, one is when you're doing the power map, Okay, which is is still being strategic, but you you sometimes realize you don't understand what this person cares about, <laughs> right? So I mean, it's shocking, okay? It's like you know, an, an executive who's you know about to retire, probably doesn't or already makes like seven figures, doesn't care about certain things, right? They might care about their legacy, they might care about you know their next board role that they're gonna get beyond. And so you might be knocking on a door that, you know, no one's there if you're talking about doing something small and incremental that's going to be, you know, all this effort for them (laughs) that doesn't matter to them. And so I think there's, do you want to be on the right side of history with kind of climate change and so forth in this case? But part of that, one of the things was then he needed to fill out some gaps in the power map. So he needed to go have a couple conversations with people and or to kind of triangulate and understand what things you know motivated or they cared about so that was part of it you know and, and then the other aspect was in some ways he also sometimes he needed to like he over indexed on certain things which was you know becoming a thorn in the side of certain people and so one of his actions there was kind of pulling back and listening and asking kind of good questions or seeking their advice on certain stuff Okay. No one's perfect. Everyone's got something going on. And and you may be perceived to be in conflict or enemies in a company, which is nothing to do with your personalities, just the way the things are set up, right? Sales and marketing, almost always like one is thinking short-term, the other one's incentivized on being long-term. So you're like, just the way it's structured, you're like inherently in conflict. And so... It might be sitting down and kind of finding some common ground or something that you're you know similar about or even just empathizing with what the other person is going through instead of always just hammering on the salespeople that they just want to do the quarterly thing and not think three quarters ahead so this is an example right so the other piece of just going and engaging some people and doing it and then i think the third thing that you know he did which is related to one of the exercises in the book. I don't want to give it away, but he did. He kind of went out and talked to like some journalists. He went out and he started to publish some things on social media, which is a platform right now is a great way to to share ideas, right? That you're passionate about. And the act of doing that, he was, I can't do that, right? You know, it's like, why would I do those things? This person's going to say no, et cetera. He did kind of plan how he would kind of go talk to the embassy and other other journalists but they found the ideas compelling and before you know it they were writing stuff about it and so i think we have these sometimes self-limiting beliefs and you know if you never ask you know the old saying by jordan right you miss a 100 percent of the shots you never you never take and again i won't go into how that kind of research says we seriously seriously underestimate um the, the willingness of other people to to help us out or to say yes or to do things. It's not to say it's always 100%, but those are some of the pieces on the snowball. And then by doing it, did they, all those things work? <laughs> no. He learned different approaches. He learned a lot of people would do say yes or want to get on board, what things resonated. And then he could take that back. It increased his confidence. It made things happen, got other people on his side, which then snowballed to go back to the analogy, because otherwise, if you're just sitting there and thinking about it all the time, you're just sitting there and thinking about it all the time.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's physics, you know, you have to, you have to take an action to get a response, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, we see this in, in marketing with at the company level, right. You have to put something out to get the feedback loop started so that you can know what to do next. And not everything's gonna work, that's okay. The point is, how quickly can you turn that wheel? How quickly can you roll the, the snowball? Because the more turns you get on it, the more feedback you get, the smarter you get, and the luckier you get too, because sometimes something that you don't think is gonna work at all is gonna be fantastic. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, to me, that that's the key of the whole thing, having spent a lot of time with with the book, that to me is the key these the other parts lead, leading up to that sort of get everybody in the right mindset and give them at least the initial lay of the land but if you don't get it into action and if you don't build that into the way that you're working all the time, yeah. it's going to be really difficult to make anything you know work and to get that progress you're looking for yeah. yeah so tell me a little bit about the book. I know you've been working on this for uh, for a number of months now. We're recording this right at the end of March. It's launching first week of April 2022. Share a little bit about the book um, and, and and what you're most excited about.
0: Well, I'm most excited uh, because it's getting out there, <laughs> right? Which is this idea of the, the snowball was doing and putting it together, but now it's really getting out there. And I mean, I'm most excited about, and this goes to we all have, right, some of these self-limiting beliefs, you know, there's a certain amount of fear that comes from things. And, um, you know, back when at the end of last year, when it was, when it was finished, uh, we were still putting things together around it. I sent it out to people, you know, seeking endorsements. And of the 32 people I sent it out to 30, you know, loved it and and they wrote endorsements and so i think that was one of the things and we're talking about a lot of leaders in different parts of the world and different industries so i think i'm really excited that that pieces not everyone agreed with every piece of it um and not everyone will right i don't think any book everyone you know loves it fully that's probably what i'm most excited about that it resonated with a lot of different people on different levels they saw ways Um, that it could help people on their teams, help themselves, or they wish they had had it 20 years ago, earlier in their career. So I'm really excited about taking it out there into the world. And whether that's people who just read it and they get one aha moment that kind of shifts them and moves them forward and never see them, that's great. For those, you know, who are, you know, it is painful when you're stalled or you're struggling, who get some of these pieces and they, rethink how they're how they're seeing things because it does contradict a lot of this, you know, prevailing trends in leadership right now around authenticity. And again, I don't have problems with parts of authenticity, vulnerability, etc. I think you just have to understand what context to use them. And so I think that pendulum sw- has swung way too far and people, you know, if they want to be challenged and they want to be rethinking things, particularly if they're not getting what they want, they should read the book. And so I am more than happy to, I've been taking this message out, speaking to groups, to companies about that. And I love that because people will bring the questions, we'll talk about the book, we'll actually then apply it in their particular context. But that's that's what I'm most excited about. It's, it's less about the kind of pieces in the book, about now it's this process of, using it as a vehicle to help more people.
1: Yeah, and I'd love to, uh, if, if it's okay with you, I'm gonna share on our screen here, let folks see for uh, those who are watching this on YouTube. Uh, this is where you can get the book. Uh, now, right now, if you go there today, you'll get uh, the first chapter free. Um, and that's on Michael's site at uh, changwinderoth.com book. We'll put a link in the show notes for it. Uh, once the book's available, there'll be links to get Get the whole thing and all of that, but uh, uh, it really is phenomenal. And uh, you know, we've seen a lot of books come through over the last uh, twelve or eighteen months. Uh, a lot of books that we've helped people with. This is up at the top of that list um, in terms of the density of the information that's in there and the ease at which you make it accessible to people. So, uh, so folks can go there um, and get it. And, uh, I'm a huge fan of the cover too. I I just, uh, (laughs) and and if I could also
0: say Steve, right. I I mean, I think working with you and your team has been incredibly useful as well, because I I like to say, and I think this is, you know, anyone out there who is considering like writing a, a book or is a, you know, an expert in a particular area is, is that we suffer from kind of like the curse of knowledge. And we think that some of our ideas, we We may be thinking at this level that you know a lot of people need to hear some of the stuff, and we need to break it down into simple terms of where people are at. And I think that's been the the most useful part about you know working with you and the team.
1: awesome. well, we've been we've been happy to do it. I'm excited to get this out. Um, I know it's going to have a big impact for folks. Um, again, to if you want to get the copy a uh, copy of the book, go to changwindero slash book. And uh, it'll be there. And if you get there before April sixth, uh, you'll get a free chapter, and you'll get an email when it's available. Um, anything else that that folks should know before we uh, before we sign off?
0: No, it's been a great opportunity here to talk with you about it. And um, I always say the 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 last piece here is you know as I was writing the acknowledgements, there's so many people that have helped me, and I think. This is the other aspect. Sometimes people say, oh, power and politics is all about you. And, it, and, it's, and it's not. It's about you know, a lot of other people who have either helped me and now I'm kind of helping those. And, and I was thinking about the dedication, you know, particularly to my kids. And I, you, know, you think about this as you raise your kids, and my wife and I raise our kids, and I really think that they need three things. And that is one, this working hard and perseverance, two, being curious, and then third, understanding how to build power. I think if you've got yeah. those three things, you will be able to manage a changing world and be able to take care of yourself and and succeed. However, you define that.
1: I love it. Well, you are now in uh, rarefied air on the podcast. You are one of just a handful of people who's been back more than once. So, um, welcome to the club. Your blazer and smoking jacket are on the way. We'll give you the secret (laughs) handshake soon. um, And hopefully we'll have you back real soon too.
0: And an immense pleasure. Thank you, Steve.
1: Thanks for listening to the Authority Builder Podcast. Here are three ways you can expand your authority. Number one, get a copy of the million dollar book. In it, I show you how to multiply your authority by writing a best-selling book in less than 90 days guaranteed. After all, you're the best spokesperson for your ideas. Go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash book and get your copy. Number two, join me for an upcoming Write Your Million Dollar Book Accelerator, and let's jumpstart your authority building book now. For upcoming dates, go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash accelerator. And number three, work with me and my team to get your book done and bringing in business. Email me at steve at authoritybuilderpodcast.com and put I Want to Write a Book in the subject line. See you soon.